Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Brossery. More than just bra straps, the accessory I love. With styles from dainty to daring, you will too. Click the link in the description or go to brossery.com and use promo code BUSHIP to get free shipping on your order today. Welcome to the show Welcome back to the Born Unbreakable podcast. So I was having a conversation with my guest that I have to reveal before we, we hit the record button. So today, first of all, we have on my friend from Chi-Town in the house today, Hayden Humphrey, which by the way, is his real name. I like question that in the beginning, like, is your actual name Hayden Humphrey? Because it's legit bomb.com and we all wish we were born with names that dope um but i wanted to tell a story i'll I'll introduce hayden in a minute but um when i started the born unbreakable podcast you know i've done podcasting for a while now you all um if you've followed my progression i started with bliss beyond fear and i've started born unbreakable because i want it to be a platform for crushing self-limiting beliefs and being unapologetically who we're meant to be and the truth is that we're all individuals uh we walk in the world a little differently our experiences are a little different yet we are influenced by the constructs that are around us and i thought to myself gosh who would i want to interview on this show that can really live up to its mission and hayden is the first person i thought of so i just wanted to tell that backstory because i just it's that important that he is the number one person i thought of to have on the show and i'm grateful that i finally could get him on and so Uh, A little background about Hayden, which he'll tell his own story, is that he actually went from the corporate world to getting paid to be actually who he is and helping other people be who they are, which is insane, brilliant. Uh, And so he's today, he's a success coach. He's an entrepreneur. I'll I'll let him tell you about his program. Um, He also has a brand that he promotes that's incredible called Lift Apparel. So we'll hear more about that today. It's sick, it's dope. You definitely wanna buy his stuff because it's really awesome. But with all of that, Hayden, welcome. Hi. Hi, (laughs) I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. We're looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. All week I have had an insane calendar and I'm like, is it Friday yet? Can just I talk let about it? Be Friday. Just let it be Friday. Let it be Friday because I need Hayden in my life. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with all of that, Hayden, what has been your journey from corporate to doing what you do today. I mean, we cannot start this conversation without starting there. 
it's a good place to start. Um, yes. So, uh, you know, my story is really one of following the script to doing all the right things. Uh, I, uh, went to college in Ohio. I got a business degree because that's, that was the smart thing to do. And it was the most applicable thing I could think of. And, uh, (laughs) what'd you say? That's fancy. You got a business Business degree. I did. I got a business. Yes, I got a business degree. So obviously I knew exactly all the things about business as soon as I graduated, obviously. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, I mean, even when I was in college, though, like I went and I interned at um, one of the big four accounting firms, EY. It's a great company, like great brand name company. But, um, you know, even through that experience, I when I got to the end of it, I was like, this sucks. I was like, I don't want to be doing this full time. And that was part of what kicked off this whole conversation for me about like, well, what, you know, what do I actually want to be doing from a career perspective? And after that experience, I thought it was working in technology. So I, I moved to San Francisco and I started working at um, a, a sexy startup in San Francisco um, called Sumo Logic. And uh, I worked there for about eight months, um, just culturally wasn't a good fit. And uh, so I left that job after about eight months and went and started working at LinkedIn uh, as part of a rotational program for them, uh, which was cool. Uh, and again, like I was thinking, man, look at that. Look at look at me. Look at where I'm working. Like this name brand company. Everybody knows it. Everyone's impressed by it. Whatever. Moved to Chicago uh, for a, a business development role and was in that role for about well, four months initially, and long story short, had an experience at the beginning of 2017 where I missed my sales quota. Not a huge deal. Um, a lot of people, salespeople miss their quotas. But given who I was at the time, it was like a world-ending event. I was like, holy shit, like, this is the one thing that I got hired to do, and I'm not going to be able to do this one thing that I got hired to do. And so it really, like, it genuinely impacted my relationship with myself and like how I showed up and my ability to connect with people over the course of that month that I was trying to hit this quota. And I get to the end of the month and I miss the quota. And, you know, I'm talking with my manager about like how to better prepare and like how to better handle stress and like all that stuff. But I just couldn't get away from this questioning of like, well, but like, why do I care so much? Like, why is it that I had this experience and it so profoundly impacted, you know, my day-to-day experience? And a lot of what I realized was like, I had been making all of these decisions based on what I thought looked impressive and based on what I thought seemed impressive. And I was deriving a lot of my sense of self-worth and identity as a person from my professional accomplishments and from my resume. Like that's how I was going about making decisions was like, man, if I can just work at a really impressive company and create really big results and have people like me, then I'll be happy. Um, Which was not the case, (laughs) not the case at all. With that? So crazy, right? So crazy. Um, and so when I, you know, started to come to these realizations and I started to dig more and think about like, okay, well, if this isn't it, like if this is not the person that I want to be, if this isn't the experience of life that I want to be having, you know, what do I want to do? And, um, you know, I thought about going to work at like a B corporation or like a, a family company even because I was like, I want more freedom. I want more flexibility. I want more autonomy in the work that I'm doing. Um, 
but uh, I couldn't get away from this sense of like, I want to do my own thing. Like I just, I really want to work for myself. I really um, want to have that flexibility. Like I even remember, uh, I have to pull it up. I have text messages saved somewhere of like in 2017, texting my friends and I think my dad and being like, this might sound crazy, but like, I just want to create a life where I get paid to be myself in like 2017. I was like, that's what I, <laughs> I was like, I need to friends have and your dad have they were really actually very supportive so that's the oh, cool part is like yeah. i'm very blessed in that like even a lot of members of my family like own their own businesses or have started businesses before so like when i was like hey peace out like i'm leaving this like great job, job with great benefits <laughs> yeah they were like cool sounds great like yeah just like let us know how it goes um and uh and so yeah so i i left in mid 2017 and like you know jumped into uh being self-employed um which is you know what i've been doing for almost four years now which is like crazy crazy talk um yeah. and i've done a couple of things you know in between uh you know then and now like i ran a photography business for a while you know did some other um stuff on the side but really my bread and butter for the last three years has been coaching. So supporting people and understanding like how they're getting in their own way, the experience of life that they really wanna have for themselves, and then what it's gonna actually take to do that from a structural perspective, from an action plans perspective. Um, and the cool part about coaching that I'm finding is there's just so it's such an applicable skill set. Uh, and so, you know, I've now put that into like group coaching programs. So I have a group coaching program uh, that I do now. Um, I've applied the same thing to like working with uh, corporations and going in and doing, you know, skills training for that kind of thing. And it's just the the coaching skill set is one of <clears throat> like being able to understand the underlying behavioral dynamics at play and like just understanding people more effectively. And I think that that has really helped me and all the things that I'm doing, including like the apparel brand that I started and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yes, so that's a little bit about me, like really where I'm at right now is just like trying to continue to get paid to be myself and like help people break up with the script because it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, that is badass, all of like, that. Um, but, you know, before I get into, because I would love yeah. to learn more about what unscripting is, so we can get into that definition, but I, I want to mm. come to what emotions and experience did you have when you, the, the day when you woke up and you were like, I am not going to LinkedIn or a company and I am here, I'm Hayden Humphrey and I'm doing my own thing. Like what was that process like shifting mm. from, that's a drastic shift. It's not like, yeah you know, just went from a big company to a small one or yeah. went to a startup. So what was that like for you? Yeah. So I think for me, it was, um, it was like an equal parts fear and excitement. Um, you know, because a lot of, at the time, I don't think I had the words for this. I couldn't have said it this way, but at the time, a lot of my conception of myself and my value in the world, like I mentioned, was based on, uh, achievement and, um, being impressive and working at name brand companies. And so the idea of walking away from what felt like this corporate trajectory that I was on was scary. So it was like, 
it's very clear. I'm at a great company. I'm part of this great program. I have a lot of opportunity ahead of me. So like what happens if I, if I leave and I, it doesn't work and like, I have to come back or I have to start over or like, in a sense, it almost felt like I was like killing my resume. Like that's sort of what it felt like is, you know, I've been putting all this work in and building and building and building. And if I leave and it doesn't work out, then like, what does that mean about my you know, what does that mean about me? What does that mean about my chances to go back and, you know, get back on that trajectory or create a different trajectory or, you know, whatever it was. Um, in addition to fears of just like judgment, fears of like, what are people going to think? It took me like four months. It took me like four months to update my LinkedIn profile to say that at the time I was running a photography business that I ran a photography business because at the time my LinkedIn profile was like, it, it was like a part of me. It felt like it was, if I could take like the, the performative mask that I was wearing at the time and put it into like a digital form, it was my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Um, and so it was really terrifying to like update it and be like, hey, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, you know, I'm doing something else. And one other story that I'll share just for those of you who might find themselves in a similar position. I even, I remember I had a conversation with a mentor Actually, the person who got me the job at LinkedIn, who I'd had really close connection with. And I remember the day that I went in and I told them that I was going to be leaving to go do my own thing. And this was like uh, less than two years. It was a little over a year of like me being at the company and me and me being like, hey, I'm leaving to go do my own thing. And I remember there what to me landed as disappointment. Like I told them and they were like, dude what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, oh no. Oh no. For like people pleasing the people pleasing version of me. Yeah. I'm like, no, oh my God, what have I done? What am I doing? You know, but at the same time, it was really cool. Cause I walked away from that conversation being like, okay, that's their experience. That has nothing to do with me. Like that's yeah. all them. That's all projection. Yeah. I'm, I can trust that like I'm choosing what's best for me and that like, I know what I'm doing. So <clears throat> the fear component of it was definitely there. Um, but there's also an excitement version of it. There's also this excitement, you know, piece of it, because <clears throat> one of the things that for better or, you know, for worse, um, I, have enjoyed taking large risks in my life. Uh, like I moved to, when I moved to California, I didn't know anybody when I moved to California. I literally moved from school to California to work at this smaller technology company and I didn't know anybody there. Um, and it was kind of the same deal when I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave and like start my own business. I think part of it was just not necessarily understanding how difficult it was gonna be. Um, but on the, on the upside of that, the benefit of that is like seeing like, oh, how could this go? Like, what could this mean for me? And trusting that like, hey, I had done this multiple times before, I had taken a big risk. And even if it was difficult, I still learned a ton about myself. Um, and so that was honestly part of what went through my brain when I was thinking about leaving was like, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go do my own thing. And even if it's really difficult, even if I end up having to go back and get another job, whatever, whatever happens, I'm going to learn so much about myself in the process of going out and creating this. And that's what matters to me most is creating an experience of my life 
where I don't ever have to pretend to be anything that I'm not. Like, I just want to be my most authentic self and version of myself in every situation. And I see business ownership, I see entrepreneurship as like a really clear path to creating that. So yeah, at the time, it was really like fear and excitement equal parts, but I was more committed to getting what I wanted than I was to like wasting any more time just doing something that I knew wasn't right for me. Yeah. Oh, that's so legit. And yeah, you made some big leaps. Ohio, San Francisco, mm -hmm. Chicago, and yes. here you are. Okay, yeah, so yeah. let's talk about the unscripting. So, mm -hmm. I, and I love the way that you frame that because we we really do subscribe to some scripts. So what are some, some of the common things that you found now that you've been doing this for several years, uh, yeah. scripts that need to be broken down that clients yeah. come to you with? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, the place to start is even like, what is it like, what is a script or where do they come from? And, mm -hmm. you know, you think about it, we come into the world and we're pretty much blank slates. Like how we learn about the world, what reality is, what it means, what success means, um, how to operate and function in society. Like we have to be taught those things. And as we grow up and we learn about those things, all of those lessons come with a bias. All of those lessons come with a perspective on the world that is a story. It's not necessarily the truth. It's just someone's perspective. And so as you grow up, you start to take on the stories and the perspectives of the people that are around you, like your parents or your siblings or your teachers or people at school or like the culture more generally. Um, you're basically taught how to function in normal society by learning lessons from other people. And the reason that's important is because by then the time that you're a functioning adult, your conception of the world and the stories that you have have mostly been given to you. They've mostly been given to you. And a lot of them are so core that we, it's like we don't even realize how core some of these stories are. And so in essence, a lot of us are walking around following these scripts, following these instructions that were given to us when we were six or seven by people that didn't even know what their own scripts were. And a lot of times are influenced by traumatic events. They're influenced by pain. They're influenced by abuse. They're influenced by these very disempowered things. Um, and that's not always the case, but I find far and away, most of how we're operating and making decisions is um, based on stories that we picked up when we were much younger and we weren't aware of those things. So that's really, in the broadest sense, what scripts are. It's these ways that we navigate life that are based in story that we most often did not have an active hand in choosing or creating. And so, you know, you think about the, some of the more, I mean, some of the more common ones, right. Are like, Hey, I'm going to go, uh, what success means is I'm going to go get, uh, uh, get into a really good college and I'm going to do really well in college. And then I'm going to go get a good job at a good company. And then I'm going to work up, uh, at that company, uh, or I'll continue to build my corporate career and I'm going to get married and then I'm going to have kids and then I'm going to move to the suburb and then I'm going to retire at XYZ date and then I'm going to golf or whatever it is. Very mm -hmm. typical one. Um, but even in, there are more nuanced scripts too about what we think like relationships are supposed to be, for example. 
like people have these conceptions and these stories about this is what it means to be in a relationship. Even if you don't like the other person, even if it's like not, it's like not a good fit and like it's a dysfunctional relationship. You're like, like well, this but this is how. And I'm not happy, but I think I'll stay because other people will think I'm happy and that will be awesome. And because you don't know any better and because I don't know any better and because this is what I think it's supposed to be. Like, you know, you think about relationship scripts. A lot of times we pick it up from how our, how we watched our parents interact with each other. And yeah. like the, the idea of a conscious relationship, the idea of being in a relationship where you are um, in ownership of your traumas and your own healing and you're actively working on not furthering those traumas with the other person. That's very rare. Very, very, very rare. That rarely happens. So most people's role models for relationships are largely dysfunctional. And, you know, media and culture and like all that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily help in terms of, you know, those those stories. Um, Reality TV and get all of our ideas from them on how to do relationships. Yes, exactly. No, exactly. I mean, exactly. And, and so, you know, you think about like all, there's all these influences. There are all of these influences that are filling us up with these stories and these scripts about what life is supposed to look like. And you think about it, like a lot of those stories are disempowered, they're dysfunctional, um, and they, they're not made for you. They're not made for you. They're not made for who you are uniquely, innately as a person. So of course people feel trapped because they're trying to follow this script. They're trying to follow these instructions that weren't made for them. They weren't made for them. It's like you're trying to fit into a box that literally is not big enough for you. Like you're gonna start to feel cramped. And so most people just live their whole lives feeling cramped. They live their whole lives feeling trapped by these stories of like, well, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing, even though I'm not happy, and even though I hate it, this is what I, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so with unscripting, the idea is it's bringing awareness to what these stories are. It's starting to get clear on, oh, what are the conceptions that I picked up or that were given to me when I was a kid about what my life is supposed to look like. And once you're aware of them, you can actually start to diagnose them and analyze them and say, is this in service of me? Is this a story that I want to have about myself? Is this the kind of uh, definition of success that I want to create? Is this the kind of career that I want to create? Is this the relationship with myself that I want to have? And for those areas where there's a misalignment or it's a disempowered story or that story doesn't work for you anymore, you can then start to actively, proactively, intentionally change it. You can actually start to work on, hey, I'm going to change this story. I'm going to change how I show up in relationships or I'm going to change my conception of what I think it means to be successful you know, in my career. And you can actually start to like put structures in place and take action and practice something different, practice something else. But you got to be aware of what they are in the first place so that you can start to practice breaking them up and having them go different. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think that part of the journey in recognizing the stories is when there is a pivotal moment that happens where you actually put yourself in a position to be more most aware you know or more aware of what's going on um and Mm -hmm. unfortunately sometimes that's what it takes right is some event or turning point that's like i'm not happy with this this sucks now what do I do? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. you have on your website, HaydenHumphrey.com, right? Um, yeah. 
a way that people can actually assess that for themselves, right? Yes. Yes. I just came out with that. I'm very excited about it. So it's called the house script is your life quiz. And the idea is there's 20 questions, but they're all assessing and addressing a different area of your life. And it just gives you a better sense of, oh, where, where am I following the rules um, mm -hmm. versus like, hey, where am I actually carving my own path or, you know, trailblazing uh, in a sense, and then starting to take a look at like, okay, well, what's next? If I'm not quite as unscripted as I'd like to be, you know, what are the other things that I can start to do about it? That's so exciting. Yeah. Because nice. it, it kind of takes it from um, in your head toward action, which I'm just such a big fan of because we easily get stuck and mired in inaction and fear and actually bringing awareness to where those gaps are gives yeah. at least a sense of direction of where to start. Because I would imagine for people that is one of the hardest things to do is, so now that I know this, then what, what do I, how do I start? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that that is really valuable. I think the thing that I will say is people don't give themselves enough credit for how much they already know. Like if you really sat with yourself and were real with yourself, like you know what to do. <laughs> you know what to do. People are in these relationships and they're like, they're like, yeah, they're like this, this isn't working for me or I'm unhappier, but I don't, I don't know what to do about it. I'm like, leave, yeah. leave. <laughs> <laughs> There, I love you bringing this up because I feel like as human beings, we have this mistrust relationship with ourselves. Like we question our own instincts when our instincts are usually our best indicator for what to do. And yeah. then we shift our attention to what other people think for validation, right? It's like, well, I'm not sure about this. I already have this gut instinct, but let me check with 10 people to see if they agree with me. Yeah. Even though at the end of the day, it's your own life and your totally. own situation. And you're the one that's going to be grappling it with it every day, not the 10 people you asked. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, and I also, I like, I so understand why people continue to do that and continue to play out those behavioral patterns, even when it's obvious that it's not working or that it's, you know, getting in the way of what they want, because, the I think the core one of the core fears that we have is not belonging. And so a lot of times what ends up happening is we put our just because of the way that we build relationships and we build social circles, it ends up being where our, what we want is conflicting with the relationships that we've built. And because we have this very core fear of not belonging, we will continue to put other people and other relationships ahead of ourselves. Like we'll keep the status quo if it means that we belong um, mm -hmm. versus if we had to leave, like if we had to leave our friends, if we had to leave our family, if we had to leave the social relationships that we have in order to create something different for ourselves, I get why people don't make that choice because that's very scary. It's a, it's a high bar. It's a bit, it's a big ask. I understand why people, you know, continue to choose into fear, but that doesn't mean that the option isn't there. Like the option is there. And if you really wanted to, you could choose to, you know, to go about it differently. Yeah. So here's one of my questions I've been thinking about this and why yeah. this is so challenging, right? Is okay. How do you manage there's a person that comes to you and they're like, Hayden, I just know 
that there's a number of things that I've been scripted in. Maybe it's a, it's a double whammy where it's not just this one area, but they might be sitting back going, my career, my relationship, I'm totally at a turning point. I, I'm like going to a place where it's like blank slate and I'm, I'm you know, in moving in that direction. But there's so much noise. So going back to the environment, there's I got I got my construct of family that I've grown up mm. into, but there's potentially religious or political or social beliefs that are that come along with that. I have my friend circle, I got coworkers. Mm. Then oh by the way, there's all this influence because there's social media and I'm seeing you know people are more successful or happy that look like this because that's what I see every day when I spend my hours scrolling. Like how does somebody manage the inner with the outer? So what's going on within them and what they want, but all these influences that are around them that could be telling them otherwise. Yeah, it's a really great question. Um, I think a couple, so a couple of things that I would share, um, you know, one is this conversation around scripts. It is a holistic conversation. Like, yes, we might be talking about this idea that I feel that my, uh, idea of success in career is to go to good college and get a good job at, you know, at a good company. Um, but breaking out of that, uh, requires a breaking up a set of stories that we have about ourselves that show up in other areas. So like every time that I work, usually when I work with people, it's because they're coming to me to talk about career, um, just uh -huh. because it's what I talk about. And it's my, you know, my own story, but like, we end up talking about all of the different areas of your life, like well being and romantic relationship and your relationship with your family and friends, um, mm -hmm. because it's an interconnected conversation. Um, because all of this comes back to your point, it all starts internally. All of it starts internally. All of this starts with an internal conversation about how you relate to yourself and how you relate to the rest of the world. And when we're in a situation where it feels like there are a lot of things that aren't the way that we'd like them to be, it can be a bit overwhelming to think about changing all of them at once. It's like that that almost seems impossible. Like, wow, if I have a job that I don't like and a relationship that's like not really working for me and I don't feel really good and my family's, you know, X, Y, or Z, like wow, that's overwhelming to think about changing all of those things. And I think what I would offer is like, though it's, it's not all going to happen at once. It is a, it is a, a, a process of small, consistent, courageous actions. So it's looking at like, what is the next best thing that I can do for myself here? How can I make a little more time for myself next week? How can I practice saying no to this one person next week? Not how do I leave everything behind and go, you know, do whatever it is. It's, hey, what's A to B and then B to C, C to D, et cetera, et cetera, until you find yourself at Z and you're like, holy shit, like I'm in a position now where I'm getting paid to be myself and I take really good care of myself and I have this rocking relationship and like, you know, I have a healthy relationship with my family, even if we don't talk that much, you know, anymore. Um, but all of it comes down to you because ultimately too, that's the only thing that you have any control over. You have no control over how anyone else is going to decide how anyone else is going to do anything. And unfortunately, a lot of us end up putting ourselves in positions where we put our own happiness and our own well-being and our own fulfillment and you know the creation of our dreams in the hands of other people and we become at the effect of other people a very loaded way to talk about this is we become a victim we become a, we become a victim to circumstances or people or 
well, I can't do it because of this, or I can't do it because of that, or you know, whatever it might be, versus taking responsibility for all of it and saying, regardless of what has happened, regardless of what my relationships currently look like, regardless of what the circumstances look like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to create what I want because that is what's most important to me because that is the kind of life that I want to create. But all of that, all of it starts internally. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of work, right? Because there, but, but, but so is, but so is yeah. suffering. So yeah. is suffering. So is hating your job and hating your relationship and hating yourself. That is also a lot of work. That is yeah. exhausting. That's exhausting. Yeah. So yes, it is work, <laughs> you know, but it's like, you got to put in the work anyways. Yeah. So what do you want? And I love looking at it that way because it's, it's like you're at a crossroads. You mm. can either do what you keep doing and get those horrible things that you're, you're feeling over and mm -hmm. over again. Or try something different and take a chance. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. on yourself. But I love that you just said small, consistent, courageous actions because it's not moving a mountain or, you know, building Rome in a day. It really yeah. is what what's where am I starting and what can I do today and what can I do tomorrow? So it's those incremental yep. steps that make a big difference. Bingo. I think the other thing that I would add to, you know, and you were talking about like the external versus internal, mm -hmm. um, there's this conversation to be had about willpower versus environments. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you're familiar with uh, like Tony Robbins events, a lot mm -hmm. of people, I, I read a statistic somewhere that like 94, 99% of people that go to like an Unleash the Power Within uh, event will go home and then within two weeks be doing the exact same thing. Like not much will, <laughs> not much will have changed, right, um, right. which is like great, you know, great place to start. Um, right. And I think the reason for that is because environmental factors are so much stronger than your willpower. Like your willpower only works when you're thinking about it, but environments where uh -huh. you live, who you interact with, the food that oh. you eat, the information that you consume, that's working on you 24 seven, 24 seven. That's constantly working on you. So if you go to this great event and you're like, oh, I want to change my life, but you go back and you just go back to the same environments, you're just going to find yourself back in the exact same position. So yeah. I think a big part of it too, is also starting to look at like, where are the environments where you're spending your time and you're yeah. being influenced by those things. And you can use willpower in those situations to be like, Oh, I don't really want to spend as much time with this person because they're not great for my mental health. Or I want to spend less time hanging out around, you know, this particular community, or I want to read more of this kind of information. I don't want to watch the news anymore. I want to read, more, I want to read more books. I want to read more, you know, what, you know, whatever it is. Like those are the, those are the small things like we were saying, like those are the small actions that you can start to take that over time really add up and you start to put yourself in a position. Like I look at the position that I'm in now and all the people that I'm surrounded by. And I'm like, I'm like my, I feel now that I'm like, my success is inevitable because look at the people that I'm surrounded by the people that yeah. I'm surrounded by. They're not going to let me lose. They're not going to let me quit. They're not going to let me, you know, do whatever it is. So even when I don't feel like it, even if, even when my willpower is shot, the environments that I'm in are there as sort of like a, a platform or like a, a safety uh, for, for me to be able to rely on. Oh my gosh. That coupling that of those two things, willpower and environment is such a cool way to think mm -hmm. about it. Because you're absolutely right. I mean, I've done that myself. Tony Robbins, Unleash Your Power yeah. With 
oh my gosh, I think there's like 22,000 people. We are all revved up. We are changing our lives. It's going down. Yeah, yeah. Then the next day you're like, oh, I'm eating out of a pint of ice cream and I'm just going to hang out. I'll work on that in a different day. I'll just go ahead and do that. Tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You're fine. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a hard day. I'm going to work on that later. But but you're right. I mean, we're so fueled by that. Um, certain moments in time and, and the, the struggle is real when it comes to sustaining, you know, the continuous sensation of fulfillment. And um, yeah, that's that's the key. Oh, that's big. That's so big. Um, so what you know, what are some other tips that you might provide for somebody that is starting out. One of them that I'm hearing, and then maybe you could build on this, is um, the evaluation of time and how you spend it. And I Mm -hmm. I don't know that we all have a consciousness around that. If we've ever actually sat down and and thought like, if I actually wrote down everything I did in in one day, just, you know, at the end of each hour, just kind of document maybe like a little catalog. Maybe that is, you know, one interesting observation that you can make of like, holy crap, you know, mm-hmm. I spent one hour a day doing that and like I didn't realize it. You know, what are some other kinds of things that you do with clients to yeah. help get the awareness level to a place where they can go back from? It's a great question. So I think there's a there's like a lot of things that you can do. There's a lot of places to start, um, which is brilliant because different people have different interests. There are things that are gonna you know really connect with and resonate with some people and and not resonate with other people. Um, I think a big part of it, honestly, to your point, is just slowing down and just practicing presence, practicing being present with your life, with yourself with other people, because when you really intentionally practice presence, you slow down, you start to notice things that you didn't notice before. You start to bring more awareness to how you're operating and how you're moving through the world. And that over an extended period of time is the thing that helps you uncover your scripts. It's the presence, it's the awareness of it. It's the starting to pay more attention to why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why did I react this way when, or why do I react this way when someone says this to me or in these situations or these events, like this this tends to happen. When you start to pay attention to those things more often, you start to then start to accumulate evidence. Like you get to do the investigative work of like, oh, it's because I believe this to be true about myself. I believe that I'm not enough or I believe that I'm unworthy or uh, whatever, you know, whatever the whatever the story is. But it's the building that presence is the most important piece. There's a lot of ways you can do that. You can do that through journaling. Um, journaling is one of the best tools you can use um, from a personal development perspective. It's usually the first place that I send people to get started because it costs you a piece of paper and a pen or you do it on your phone or you do it on your computer. Like whatever you're watching this on right now, you can literally do it on this and it's free. It's free. You can do it as much as you want to. And literally it's just sitting with yourself. Like that's the thing I love about journaling is like, it's a conversation with yourself and it's an opportunity to start to get clear on like, wow, what is happening for me internally? So like, it could just literally be stream of consciousness. Like, Hey, here are the, here's what I'm feeling right now. Here's what I'm feeling in my body right now. Here are the things that I'm thinking about right now. It's just starting to build that dialogue, that present dialogue with yourself about what's happening and why those things are happening. But you could also do like yoga. I started doing yoga recently. I'm like freaking loving it. That's like 
super duper awesome. Um, could be like physical exercise. Uh, it could be, you know, doing things like working with spiritual, um, healers. So like Reiki, uh, or like light workers, energy workers, that sort of thing. Um, psychedelics is something that I have been more recently. Yes. Experimenting with and exploring as a means for personal growth and development. Um, I think there's a ton of opportunity, um, uh, in, uh, that field. So excited to like talk more about that and become more of an advocate for those sorts of things. Um, but really like anything that you can do, or I mean, and hiring a coach, <laughs> work with a coach, work with a therapist, work with someone yeah. who can, who can support you from a third party perspective and understanding your blind spots where you might be getting in your own way and helping you starting to like, um, piece together your perspective on the world and why you do the things that you do. Cause again, any sort of change, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want my life to be different in some way, it starts with awareness. It always starts with awareness because if you're not aware of it, you can't do anything about it. It will just continue to operate unconsciously, you know, in the background. Um, so yeah, those are, those are some things that I would, that I would say. That's, that's awesome. And I mean, the power, like you said, of journaling is huge. And mm -hmm. um, some Sometimes the step of getting an outside, outside support and accountability, especially if you've been thinking about something for a while and it's been, you've been stuck. That's there's so many great resources, especially today, when it comes to, like you said, whether it's whether it's a therapist or a counselor or a coach, they're all mm -hmm. such cool avenues to take. So, I gotta ask you yes. about lift apparel. So yes, that is amazing. Tell me the story. Tell us the story of yes. how that all started and what it means to you. For sure. So Lift Apparel really started when I was running live events here in Chicago. I was running events, um, an event series called Elevate. And the idea was, hey, let's bring together like 15 strangers uh, to a room. Let's do some improv warm-up games, break everybody's walls down, and then have a guided, facilitated conversation on some topic that mattered. So we did ones on like identity, authenticity, success, love, intimacy, uh, and, and a couple of others. And as we got further into the event series, I just was like, I really would love to give people something to like remember this experience. Um, and so I started doing these t-shirts. So I started doing like specialty, um, specialty t-shirts for these events and then COVID happened. So I stopped doing the events, um, but I kept wearing the shirts and I was having people asking me like, Oh, where did you get that? Like, where can I get that? And I started to think about how cool it would be to create a brand around why I originally created the shirts in the first place, which was, hey, like, let's have a conversation about something that matters. Let's create connection. Let's create community. Um, and so I launched uh, Lift Apparel in November of last year. Um, what was really cool about the experience was it was like super clear from the get-go, like what I wanted the purpose of it to be. So really there's two main missions uh, with Lift Apparel. The first is to spread love. So all of the... Uh, designs all of the messages on all of the apparel are just rooted in kindness joy compassion love 
and then the second mission is to support mental health. So 10% of the profits from um, all of the sales go to support mental health advocacy organizations. Um, and it's been really, that part's been really cool because I've been able to support, um, or we've been able to support some really cool advocacy organizations that specifically focus on groups that are uh, underrepresented and have a harder time getting access to, um, you know, mental health resources. Um, and uh, so it's been super fun. I, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate the love. Um, I'm trying to spread the messages, you know, as much as humanly possible. And I think one of the coolest parts about this, you know, whole thing is the having it on your shirt. It, when you meet someone, like it becomes a conversational point and it's also a reminder. So like every time that I put on the shirt, I remember like, oh yes, I matter. And now every time that, you know, you're looking at it and everyone else is watching it, like they're also being reminded. I'm like subliminally brainwashing people into <laughs> that, they, that they matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. It's amazing. So what, what was your inspiration for the mental health aspect of it to support yeah. that cause. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, two pieces, one, it, one being my own relationship with my mental health and like my journey with my mental health and understanding how, I mean, so much of what I have right now, I mean, really the biggest reason that I'm enjoying my life so much is because of the mental health support that I've had really at the end of the day. Um, yeah. It's because I've been able to access resources that have helped me better understand myself, better understand my emotional landscape, my mental landscape, um, starting to like address traumas, you know, that I had when I was a kid and understanding like how those impacted how I'm showing up now and, and what's happening. So it's been, it's made such a profound difference for me. And so it's really important for me to create more access uh, to that for other people, especially people who have a harder time accessing it. Um, the second piece is, I do think that, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for businesses to have more uh, of an impact, like more of a social impact and do more good in the world. It's just, we've been led to believe there's this overarching dogma that the entire sole point of a business is to make money. And like, that's great. I think that's really important. Obviously, you can't run a successful business if your first priority is not staying in business. Um, but I do think that there are also a lot of opportunities to look at how can we also positively impact stakeholders uh, in our community in, you know, with other people who are involved in the company itself with other stakeholders, like making a social aim part of the um, parameters, like win parameters for a business. Because I think the interesting part about it is like, if you started a business and said, hey, I'm going to give 20% of our profits away to charity. And you start with those, those are the rules of the game. You have to give 20% of your profits away. Those are the rules. You can figure out how to win that game. It's a game. You can figure out how to win it, but you have to start with that. That has to be the intention in, in from the beginning. And if you say, hey, I'm not gonna give anything away, you can win that game too. It's up to you. It just so happens that like, I think a lot of times it's more difficult um, because it requires a level of like intimacy, of vulnerability, of being of service to other people, of generosity, um, that people just aren't necessarily willing to uh include or, um, you know, create or have be, you know, part of the conversation. But that was a, a big part of wanting to do that was not only having that impact, but also being a leader and being an example of like, you can still do that. You can still be highly profitable. You can still make a bunch of money and have a ton of impact and really like do good by a lot of these different causes. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing to hear. That's so inspiring. So yeah, I, I love the message. I love everything it stands for. And also just what well, we need more of, quite honestly. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, definitely go and check out HaydenHumphrey.com and um, check out the apparel. I think I think it's amazing and um, so relevant right now. Um, so Hayden, I want to get a little personal and ask you- Let's do it couple of questions that help us to know you a little more let's do because it that's how we dig in here on born yes. unbreakable you know you're not just <sighs> we evolve into the people that we are right it's a journey it's an experience so okay my first question for you is what three words best describe you mm. um man i would say uh uplifter improviser and creator Ooh, that's awesome i dig that okay next question yes What's something about yourself that you're working on improving oh man hmm. asking for what i need being Ooh. direct and asking for what i need um i have suffered from lone wolf syndrome for quite a long period of time just like wow. i'll do it i'll do it myself i don't need i don't need other people it'll be fine um, which is what I say on the outside, but the inside is like, I can't let other people know that I'm struggling. <laughs> like I can't let other people know that I don't know what I'm doing or that I'm <laughs> suffering or, oh my gosh. you know, whatever it is. So it's over here. Oh my yes. gosh. Have, have you taken, um, the Enneagram or any of those, uh, personality tests? What's your, what's yes, your, do you I love them. Enneagram? So Enneagram, I think I'm a one wing two on Enneagram. Um, helper. I don't probably, I don't know. Well, so yes, I, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know the Enneagram as much as I know, like the MBTI, like Myers-Briggs. I'm an yeah. INFJ on Myers-Briggs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's one of those things. Cause I, I feel like you and I have in common the, uh, pleasing others. Yep. You know, I, I know I suffer from the, um, <clears throat> there's, it's the whole, the asking for help kills me. I just struggle with that a ton, but it's also the the burden I feel like I'm putting on others of like, oh, well, now you know what? Now that I think of that's an hour, that could be an hour of your time. And then by the time I talk through the whole thing, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't want to do that to someone. I'll go ahead and do that myself. That'll add another four hours because I'm not that good at that thing, but that's so okay. Funny. I'll find you. You know what I mean? Like you like- Oh yeah. It's so funny. One of the things that really helped me in that regard was like reframing it as when I don't ask someone for help, I actually take away an opportunity for someone to support and serve me. And like that actually feels really good. I like helping people. I like supporting people. I like yeah. having that opportunity to genuinely support and serve someone else. And so reframing it as like, oh, like, 
I'm not burning them, but like, I'm not then giving them an opportunity to connect with me. Like I'm not giving them an opportunity to help. And like, that's something that people enjoy doing. So yeah, just kind of a semi-helpful yeah. reframe. Totally. Totally. I've, oh gosh. I, refer, I have to reframe it on a daily, on the daily uh, more to, to also say, um, that it is inspiring someone's gifting, right? Because there's people that are just gifted and talented in areas that need to be, you know, for them to exploit even more, especially if it's Most a gifting definitely. lack. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. I'm like, stop, you know, and I'm learning that too in my business. I'm like, if I'm the CEO of my business, I'm like, I can't do everything. I can't do that. I can't, I can't continue to do things that I'm like, not just innately gifted at and is not my zone of genius. Like I need to hand that off to somebody else to do that. So yeah, learning, definitely working through that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like people listening can really relate to that one. All right. My next question is what a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Um, well, one that I've been talking a lot about recently and just with my shirt actually was the belief that I didn't matter. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I had, was on a another, I was on a podcast on Wednesday, and the question that the guy asked me was, "What was a what's a question that you think people should ask more often?" And my response was, "I think that people should sit with themselves and ask themselves the question: Do I fundamentally believe that I matter?" And just notice your response. Just notice like your knee jerk reaction to that question. Um, because when I asked myself that question, I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't believe that to be the case. And it was like, interesting. <laughs> like, that's okay. That's interesting. Like who says that? Hold on. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Cause you start to ask yourself like, well, who decides that? Like, who's the person that decides whether or not I matter? And I'm like, that's me. So I'm like, why am, why have I decided that that is the case? Like, why am I continuing to believe that, you know, that this is the case? And I think it's a really important question um, because it, 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 there's so much of what we're trying to do in our lives that rest on that question. Like, if you don't believe that you matter, it's going to be really difficult to create a relationship that is like fulfilling and healthy and connected. It's going to be really hard to ask for what you need. It's going to be really hard to set boundaries. Like, it's going to be really hard to feel powerful in your life and to create your life the way that you want it to. Um, and so, yeah, I think everyone could could benefit from asking themselves that question and just like notice, just notice, notice what your response is and start to question that, start to like dig into that. Wow. Okay. Well, I think the audience has a homework assignment to yeah. answer digging to yeah. digging to this. So maybe it's a start your journaling process today on that. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that was a good one. All right. My next question is what is one thing that you want to see changed in the world? Decide where to, there are multiple things. I'm like trying to decide where to go with this. Um, 
Well, here's what I'll say that I haven't already said yet. Um, I think the the at least one thing that I would like to see change is more kind and powerful leadership. Mm. Um, because I think what happens a lot of times is people, when they get into leadership positions, it's largely based in fear and performance of what I think I'm supposed to be doing as a leader. And there's not this recognition and honoring of their own human spirit, but then also there's a lack of recognition and connection and honoring of other people and, and their own humanity. Um, and so what, what ends up happening is you get a lot of disconnected leadership. You get a lot of fear-based leadership um, that I think is the cause of a lot of issues because if you're leading from fear and performance, you're likely not creating results that are sustainable and you're likely uh, amplifying that fear out through everything that you're doing in the organization, um, through your people, through all of the stakeholders, through everything. So I think a lot of good could be done in supporting people and understanding that like, not only is kind and powerful leadership possible and accessible, it's not easy because it requires a level of like vulnerability and self-discovery, um, yeah. but it's ultimately more powerful. Powerful, powerful, kind leaders who are connected to themselves and are authentic, their leadership is so much more powerful, like t many times over, exponentially more powerful than leaders that lead from fear and performance. Um, so I think there's a lot of good that could be done if we had more of those types of folks. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. Okay, my last question for this question of the show is what one what's one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? That's a great question. Oh, um, don't take advice from people that you wouldn't want to trade places with. <gasps> oh, that is a good one. I was like, oh man. Cause it's so, oh, sometimes it's so easy. I think especially as like a people pleaser or someone who's like really um, in, in, influenceable. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Yes. Influenceable? We'll it say is it too. is. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, by other people, it's really easy to, when someone comes in with like a, this is how it is. When someone is righteous in their belief that this is how it is and this is what you should be doing. It's really easy to take that as like, oh, I must be wrong then. Or like, they must be right because look at how sure they are. Look at how righteous they are. Look at how much emotion they have about the advice, you know, that they, that they just gave. Um, but it's also important, I think, to take a step back and be like, well, do I want to be that person? Do I want, would I want to trade places with that person? If not, don't take their advice because you're going to, they're, 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 people give advice based on what they have done and what they think that how they think the world works and what they think everyone else should be doing. Um, and so if that doesn't align with you, don't, don't take that advice. Yeah, that is, it's also very practical. Yes. <laughs> easy, easy, practical, memorable. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Let's put that on a t-shirt. Let's throw that one on there. I like okay, that. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you matter on the front, and then we'll just throw that quote on the back, and that will be money. Double, double. Easy. Done. Um, 
so before before I let you go, I, I yeah. have to ask you what you know. What programs or events do you want to share with us, and how can people reach you? How does how yes. does one contact the Hayden Humphrey? There's a million ways. Any way you want, you fax me, send me carrier pigeon, whatever you want to do. Um, no, so I think. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think the, the first place that I'd have, have people start is, you know, we mentioned this earlier, but um, I have a, a quiz on my site, How Scripted Is Your Life? I think it's a really good place to start. Um, helps just start to illuminate some things and have you take a look at some places that you might not realize um, are a little bit more scripted, not necessarily, you know, directly under your control or that you're directly creating. Um, there's also some really great resources on the um, second uh, third page of that quiz and some reflection questions to get you started. Um, as far as programs, so I have a private one-to-one -one practice uh, where I work with individuals uh, who typically are in that corporate environment. They've been there for three to five years and they're feeling super stuck and really unfulfilled and they want to be doing something else, um, but they're just not 100% sure exactly what that is or they don't know exactly how to get there. So supporting them in you know leaving and creating uh, that experience for themselves. Um, the other the other piece in this is, I'm really excited about this one, actually. It's um, launching in June, but the idea is I'm going to do it every quarter. Um, it's called Unscript Your Life. Uh, it's like the second version of um, my signature program that I started last year. Um, it's really powerful. It's an eight-week program. It's really designed to help you understand those core scripts that are driving your life right now and then give you the tools and the systems to be able to break them up so that when you leave, you have a much clearer idea of, hey, here's exactly what I would like my life to look like if I'm the creator of my own life. And you also have an action plan and a structure to go out and create that. So the uh, next cohort starts in June, but you can find more information about that on my website, uh, HaydenHumphrey.com. Uh, I also create a lot of content. So I do a lot of LinkedIn content. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can also find me on Instagram uh, and on YouTube. I've been trying to do more uh, YouTube videos recently. So yeah, I dig yeah. it. Well, I'll make sure that we have all of your links so people Brilliant. can you and and I just Hayden I just want to thank you so much I appreciate your time and also just your energy and your influence um you know from the time that I met you and had a first conversation I was like we need more Hayden in the world <laughs> I appreciate that thank you and thank you likewise thank you for the work that you're doing like these kinds of conversations I think are the conversations that have uh they're very powerful the opportunity to like help people heal, help people get like more of what they want um, out of life. So thanks for your leadership. Thanks for the work that you're doing out in the world. Thanks for your authenticity. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So much fun. Well, we will have a lot more conversations, I'm sure, yes. because there's just more work to be done and I'm so grateful. So thanks again. Absolutely. Yeah, you're so soon. welcome. Talk soon. All right. I am so thrilled I finally had Hayden Humphrey on the show. And I'm even more thrilled about the work he's doing to help people every day to live an unscripted life. So I will ask you, are you living the life that you truly desire or are you playing by scripts and are at a place where you want to change that and take control and do things on your terms? If you're feeling like that at all, I would encourage you to go and take the quiz on Hayden's site, HaydenHumphrey.com and do a bit of a gut check and an assessment about where you're at. I also love what Hayden said about being present. 
What a great place to start for us to give ourselves that energy that we deserve to be present in the moment every day for ourselves and for the people around us and how much we learn when we just do something that simple. I hope you learned something new today on the show. That is my goal is for this to be a place of learning and reflection for you so you are inspired to crush your self-limiting beliefs and be unapologetically you. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, you are your only limit, so take action. And thanks for listening to the Born Unbreakable podcast. Tune in again next week for another incredible interview.